Around the turn of the 20th century, the lumber industry spanned the continental United States, and lumber camps dotted the countryside. When they weren't harvesting timber to feed the booming post-Civil War industrialization, working lumberjacks could often be found sitting around campfires together, telling tall tales of creatures that supposedly lurk in the dark woods. Lumberjack folklore has produced all manner of fantastical beasts and fearsome critters that supposedly stalk the forests of the American frontier. From hodags to hugags, squonks and wind tossers, author Hal Johnson has collected tales of the fantastical beasts of lumberjack lore in his new book, Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods, 20 Chilling Tales from the Wilderness. We talked to him recently to learn more about these legends of the wild. Are the lights on? Good. Welcome to Listen with the Lights On. I'm Jessica Blaustein Marshall. And I'm Patrick Garrett. Can you tell us about Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods? It's uh, a collection of short, scary, Twilight Zone-style stories uh, based on American lumberjack folklore. It's loosely inspired by a book from 1910 by William Cox, who was a forest ranger in Minnesota. He wrote down a bunch of uh, monsters that lumberjacks would tell scary stories about. He made a little bestiary, and this book is uh, an attempt to take those monsters and weave campfire tales around the, around the monsters that he wrote about. Why did you write this? Why did, did lumberjack folklore interest you? Oh, I mean, when you said, why did you write this? I was going to say to gain eternal fame and immortality, but specifically <laughs> this. Uh, actually, so the, the book, uh, my editor actually found it. She brought it to my attention because she knew I, I love monsters and uh, folklore and old books. And reading through the, uh, the, the book that Cox wrote, you know, it was so fascinating to find a collection of monsters that I didn't know anything about. And so, so, so many monsters, uh, you know, dragons or, or vampires or even manticores, you, you read about them so many times and finding a, a whole panoply of creatures with strange names I'd never heard of and uh, strange appearances. It was really exciting and I'm, I'm hoping to pass some of that excitement on to, to a new generation of readers who, who presumably have never encountered a snow wasset before. Well, can you tell us about the snow wasset and maybe some of the uh, other fearsome creatures that you have in the book there? Sure, sure. I mean, the snow wasset is a, a, a weasel-like creature that has no legs, and so it serpent-like burrows through the snows of northern Canada. It, it burrows under the snow like an earthworm, and when, when a, a poor hapless person uh, stands above them, it, it bursts through the crust of the snow and, and consumes them. Wow, that's, uh, that's definitely fearsome. <laughs> Just one of the things you have to be careful about when you go to Canada. Indeed, indeed. Well, which one is your favorite of all the ones that you uh, so researched? It isn't. I already spoiled it. It's the snow wasset. That's my favorite. That's oh. why I brought it up. I, I think they're I think they're kind of simultaneously adorable. And uh, I mean, just imagine a weasel snake. Isn't that, it's kind of cute, but at the same time, scary. How about this? What is the most fearsome of the fearsome creatures? Uh, the most fearsome is is going to be the the hodag, uh, which is is also uh, it's one of the best known of the fearsome creatures. Like uh, a lot of these guys only exist, as far as we know, from Cox's account of them. But the hodag. Has, has a bunch of appearances in American folklore. And uh, there's still, uh, in, in, in Michigan, there are towns that have statues of hodags. It's kind of like a, a regional thing that you can build. So, so the hodag is, is 
a, just a large horned predator that roams through the forest eating everything it sees. Uh, it, it's in some ways less ridiculous than a lot of the creatures because, I mean, everyone can imagine a horned predator. <laughs> and, uh, but at the same time, it, it is the most ferocious. Interesting. Now, you said that some of them, you know, like the Hodag, have sort of established legends behind them. But what about when you came across one that, you know, you just had Cox's telling of it and you had to really be creative in the the sort of story that you wove around it? Were there any in the book that you really had to kind of start from your own imagination with? Certainly, although I, my imagination was helped by the fact that even though there are not so many stories about monsters in American folklore, there's a huge range of American folklore that I could steal kind of story ideas from. And when when that failed me, I could steal ideas, ideas from international folklore. And if old stories are often the best ones because in the old days, storytellers had to tell things in front of an audience. And if the, if the audience got bored... Uh, they'd know fast. So stealing stealing from the best is, is always a good idea. Can you tell us about one or two more of the creatures? Oh, certainly, certainly. Uh, there's, there's, for example, the slide rock bolter, which is a uh, uh, an enormous land fish. It lives on the top of, of mountains and uh, slides down the mountain, opening its gigantic maw and just swallowing everything in the valley that it, it passes and then using its momentum to get to the top of the next mountain over. Wow. What about, <laughs> what about the Roperite? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, that's how I pronounce it. Uh, Roperite's a, a desert creature with a lasso for a nose, and it's particularly terrifying in that it, 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 it's fast. It runs up, lassos you, and starts running and drags you on the sand uh, where the abrasive sand first wears away your feet and then your legs, and then soon there's nothing left of you at all. This is, in fact, something that William Cox had uh, mentioned in his book, that uh, a, a very cruel rancher uh, named um, Jose Dominguez, uh, who used to lasso people and drag them to death in the desert, after his death he was reborn as a roperite, a, a horrible monster who continues this same practice uh, today. Wow, that's creepy. Tell us about one more of them. There's the, uh, the gumbaroo, which is like a uh, rubbery bear that has multiple legs uh, sticking out around its waist so that it can roll through forests, kind of like a tire. And it's so rubbery that when hunters uh, shoot it, the bullet bounces back and hits them. It also then eats you. It's it's a voracious carnivore. (laughs) Oh, by the way, it also eats you. Um, Where do you think that one came from? Was that lumberjacks encountering modern technology or something like that? It's clear that the the gumbaroo is inspired by tires, uh, right? It it rolls, it's 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 rubbery, and tires rubber tires may have been something fairly new in 1910, mm-hmm. uh, something that was novel enough that uh, lumberjack thought it would make a good monster. When you imagine people reading your book, do you see people as a campfire story or more of like a bedtime story? Because lumberwood sounds like a campfire type situation, so I really I get I was aiming for campfire but uh you know a lot of places you can't just build an open fire uh, certainly I, I i would probably set my house on fire if i tried so <laughs> so a bedtime story with a flashlight is is also a, a great option now did you go off into the woods by yourself at all in the researching of this book <laughs> i mean I, I spent a lot of my youth uh going off in the woods so i, I had a long uh history of getting lost i'm very good at that uh, and being scared, I'm also good at that to fall back on. <laughs> what other types of folklore are you interested in? All kinds. Like like a lot of people, I, f- I first 
got into this based on uh, Greek mythology, which is, I think, you know, easy to find and accessible. But, uh, I mean, I don't speak Greek, and there are no uh, ancient Greeks around to, to ask about, whereas uh, a lot of local legends, uh, you know, still still exist. I, I When I do signings, people come up to, jump to me and tell me the kind of monsters that live in their town. And, uh, for example, recently in, in Trumbull, Connecticut, a guy told me that a group of melon heads is what he called them, and they were orphans who had been experimented on and then rebelled against their captors. The experiments had given them enormous heads and that they lived feral existences in the woods of Trumbull. He didn't He didn't make it up. Someone made it up because I don't think it's true, but uh, <laughs> it's really interesting that this kind of stuff still still gets passed around as, as a scary tale. That's a heck of a legend. Is, I've never heard that one. <laughs> that sounds more terrifying than a lot of other things. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is this book for children? Uh, yes, yes. And uh, I mean, I think it's for all ages, okay. but uh, it it's marketed especially, and I think it will be especially enjoyed by by kids, uh, anyone like sixth grade and up. You know, it, it's always it's always touchy because you don't want to be too scary. But I think that if if you like scary stories to tell in the dark, this is like a little bit older than that. It's like it's like the next one to move on to after you read that one. Thanks for joining us. Listen with the lights on is a production of WAMC. Our theme music is Grizzly Reminder by Midnight Syndicate. For more spine-tingling tales, check out our podcast or head over to wamc.org.